stop, listen, and ask yourself, have you ever pondered at the idea that there may be something to the other side? If so, and you're hearing my voice for the first time, then you may have just fallen into the void. This is Lauren from Massachusetts, and I'm falling with G-Man into the void. Well, hey there, hello there, and welcome to another self-quarantine edition of Into the Void, where we talk about anything and everything paranormal. I am your ghost host with the most G-Man, bringing you the latest in paranormal stories, insight, and information to feed your curiosity of what could possibly be beyond the beyond. So listeners, sit back, light some sage, and prepare yourself for what we have is a bit of an eccentric episode for you. But of course, before we get to the amberant portion of this episode, I would like to take a moment to say thank you to the Halloween Shirt Company for sponsoring this episode. You know, I had a chance to review their online inventory, and man, oh man, listener, do they have exciting products. Aside from original tees, they have an inventory ranging from spooky mugs, pins and earrings, to ghoulie socks and hats. And I'm not joking here. These hats are really, really nice. My favorite one uh, that I saw was the one, it looks like a, a life, it's a lifeguard hat. It's a lifeguard hat and it has their logo on it. And I'm telling you, it's probably a really good idea to have that now because summer's coming. It's, it's hot here in California already. Be sure to check them out online at HalloweenShirtCompany.com. That's HalloweenShirtCompany.com. And I can't forget you, listener. You know, you are the reason why we are still doing this show. So a big thank you to you for all the love and support that you have given us. We really, truly appreciate you. And while we're on the topic of support, a big shout out to YouTuber Emmanuel Rivera from Central Florida. Indulge yourself, listener, and be sure to check out his YouTube channel, Acreyu. That's A-K-O-R-Y-U, where he provides insight from life coaching to even vlogs on the paranormal. So for this episode, or this topic, I feel... It's not discussed enough, and it's something many of us happen to engage in without a second thought. It's more of a cultural habit than a conscious belief. You know, even Stevie Wonder made it into a famous song. I'm talking about superstition. Many of us engage in superstitious practices, and we may not even realize it. I, of course, speak of those casual, unceremonious acts we engage in in our day-to-day lives to attract good luck and repel bad luck. For instance, have you ever crossed your fingers for bad luck? Or maybe you heard that it's bad luck to open an umbrella indoors. And let's not forget the infamous seven years of bad luck for breaking a mirror. So for this episode, we dive into the void to learn more about these and other superstitious practices. If you've ever walked through Los Angeles along along sunset or in your own, own hometown, you may find yourself having to avoid construction work along the boulevard. It's not uncommon to 
come upon a ladder leaning against the building. You know, at an early age, we learned that you should never walk under a ladder. But why? There are a few theories regarding this superstition. Let's start by traveling to a place where the caravan camels roam, where at one time man-made pyramids touched the sky. I'm talking about ancient Egypt, listener. It is stated during ancient Egyptian times, they believed that both good and evil spirits were in the same space that formed in the area between the ladder and the wall that it leaned against. It is also believed that if we're to be in the same space at the ladder, one might see a god climbing or descending, and this would show offense to the god for being unworthy and feared divine punishment. Another theory brings us to early Christianity and the belief in the Holy Trinity. Since a triangle is formed when a ladder is placed against a wall, it is believed that the space between the ladder and the wall is a divine space. And by walking through this triangle, you insult and break the Trinity, committing a crime viewed as blasphemous and potentially attracting the devil to you and or your environment. Now, the last theory comes from England during the 1600s. Persons that were sentenced to hang at the gallows were often made to climb a ladder leaning against a beam which held the rope for which to hang. Oftentimes, while making their way to the gallows, they were forced to walk under the ladder, thus creating further punishment for their souls. Now, listener, were you or are you aware that there is another superstition surrounding the ladder. It is actually considered good luck to climb a ladder with an odd number of rungs, and those are also considered steps. However, it's bad luck to fall off a ladder. It is believed that if one were to fall off a ladder, you would start to lose your wealth. And not to mention, it means you might get hurt from falling off the ladder. But don't worry, there are actually a few remedies to correct any misfortune brought to you from walking under a ladder. First, you can make a wish while walking under the ladder. The next remedy suggests that you walk backwards under the ladder. You can also try putting your thumb between your index and middle finger while making a fist. This is known as the fig sign and is considered an insult in some parts of the world. So try this with a little discretion. Here's another remedy, listener. I always thought it was just something you said when you were walking next to someone and are forced apart by a pole. But saying bread and butter as you walk under a ladder is supposed to ward off the curse or misfortune. Another way to remedy this ill fortune is to spit on your shoe. Talk about a spit shine. But you can't look at your shoe until it's dried. Or you can spit three times between the rung of the ladder. And finally, the last remedy to cross your fingers and keep them crossed until you see a dog. Now, listener, I don't know about you, but it just seems a whole lot wiser to avoid walking through ladders altogether. Or is it just me? 
And speaking of dogs, did you know that it's considered bad luck for a home team at a baseball game if a dog walks across the diamond before the first pitch? It means the home team will be losing the game. You see, many athletes have their own individual superstitious practices to ensure success, such as Serena Williams. Did you know that she wears the same socks without washing them when she's engaged in a tennis tournament? I'll be honest. I'm all for rubbing feet at the end of a long day, but this might be one of those times where I'd have to make an exception. Here's one for you. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan and his magical shorts, as he called them, which were his University of North Carolina shorts, well, he wore them under his Chicago Bulls uniform every game. So hopefully, after every game, Sir Air Jordan would also air them out. However, I would like to focus on something of the general superstitions practiced among the sports franchise. Note that some of these practices have also been shared between different sports. For instance, have you ever been watching a game where your team is winning or having a winning streak, then you decide to leave your seat to get a drink or a snack, and at that moment, your team loses their lead? What do you do? Well, you sit back down and you stay in that spot to regain the lead for your team. And if that doesn't work, you find a new seat to regain control of the luck you lost. Or your team happens to be down at the moment you leave your seat, they suddenly score. You now have to sacrifice your seat and comfort to ensure victory. <laughs> That's crazy. You know, for hockey, tapping the goalie's shin pads before the game is said to bring good luck for hockey players. And did you know that hockey sticks should never lie crossed? Bouncing the basketball before taking a foul shot is done for good luck. And yet I always thought it was just done for concentration. And it is said that good luck will come to a fisherman if you throw back your first catch. Yes, even the sport of fishing has its own superstitious rituals. And out of all the sports, arguably the most superstitious is baseball. Baseball has several superstitious practices that almost all players and even spectators at one time or another have engaged in. Like a batter will spit into his hands before picking up a bat for good luck at the plate. And it's considered also good luck to have a wad of gum under the brim of a player's hat. Well, let's hope they don't get into a sticky situation. However, the most important and observed superstition is this. Never, and I mean never, ever, Talk about pitching a no-hitter when there is one. This is the first rule of a no-hitter. The second rule of a no-hitter, never talk about pitching a no-hitter. Don't do it. This will stop a perfect game in its tracks. Now, on the other hand, it has been said that a team can be cursed with bad luck. Just ask Boston or any Red Sox fan. Yes, I am referring to the curse of the great Bambino. Listener, if you're not familiar with this, let me share with you this 
86-year curse against the Boston Red Sox. Now, before 1919, the Red Sox were one of the most winningest teams in the entire baseball franchise, having won five of the past 15 World Series, the most of any one team. That is, until they sold their star player, Babe the Bambino Ruth, to the New York Yankees. After this, the Red Sox never once went to the World Series. Not until 2004. When finally, after 86 years, the Boston Red Sox defeated the New York Yankees in the American League Championship Series. To then go on to win the 2004 World Series against the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, with history like that, I can understand why baseball can be considered the most superstitious sport of them all. Well, fingers crossed that our sports teams will be back at it again soon. Wait, 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 wait. Fingers crossed? Well, this is a common hand gesture used to wish for good luck. The exact origin of this gesture is not known, but it can be traced as far back as the 16th century to early Christianity. Crossing one's fingers was used to invoke the power associated with Christ's cross. It was even used to ward off evil spirits when people coughed or sneezed. Another common practice to gain favorable fortune or to ward off evil spirits is to knock on wood. This custom can be rooted back to Celtic or German folklore, wherein good spirits or fairies lived in trees and forests. So when you knock on wood, you're asking the spirits to aid in your favor. It was also said that to simply touch a wood surface was just as effective as knocking. It is said that the first knock or touch was to represent or make your wish, and that the second knock or touch was to say thank you to the spirits. The knocks were also said to prevent evil spirits from hearing your wish. I tell you, listener, I'm knocking on wood right now just thinking about all the awesome Halloween apparel and accessories I found on HalloweenShirtCompany.com, just wishing that my orders would get here soon. I know Halloween is still months away, but to quote my best friend who I've known since forever plus a year, it's Halloween every day. So make Halloween your every day with all the exciting products Halloween Shirt Company has in stock. That's HalloweenShirtCompany.com. Now, listener, if you're still with me, I'm going to share something and... I want you to promise me that you'll keep this between us. Can you do that for me? All right. I'm about to tell you something that I don't think I've ever told anybody. And listener, I'm asking you to keep this just between us. You ready to hear it? All right. I love cake. I do. I love cake. I love carrot cake, chocolate cake. I love it. And you know the best kind of cake there is? Birthday cake. Yes, that's right, birthday cake. No, it's not my birthday. But if it's yours, then hey, happy birthday. Happy birthday. But do you ever wonder why we place candles on a birthday cake? Well, it's believed that this tradition began in ancient Greece. People brought round cakes furnished with candles to the temples of Artemis, goddess of the hunt. The candles were meant to depict the moonlight while the round shape of the cake represented the moon. 
It was believed that the smoke would carry their wishes and prayers to the gods who lived in the sky. And in Mesopotamia, the Babylonians would light a candle on their birthday to celebrate and thank the genie that protected them every day since birth. And then they would blow out the candle and prayed or wished to the smoke that rose from the candle, as this symbolized the genie itself. All right, listener, let's go back. Let's go back a little to my own timeline. I'm taking us back to episode seven of season one. What you scrying about? Now, if you remember, I discussed along with my guest host, Gabriel Samaniego, now known as the strange one, the different methods of scrying. One method of scrying was to use the mirrors. It was believed that mirrors not only reflected your image, but they also hold bits of your soul. So needless to say, breaking a mirror was very bad luck. Seven years, in fact. As seven was considered a lucky number, it was said that bad luck would fall upon you for seven years after breaking a mirror. In order to remove this misfortune, it is suggested that you take a broken shard of the mirror and touch it to a gravestone, burn or blacken the broken fragments in fire, submerge the broken pieces in a south running stream, or ground the broken pieces into powder. Now, alternate remedies to remove this bad luck are to throw salt over your shoulder, or you could immediately spin around three times counterclockwise. However, these remedies are often used to remove other forms of bad luck as well, including the removal of the bad luck that is said to accompany our next superstitious practice. Listener, humor me for a moment. You're at a library. You just wrapped up your studies or whatever you were doing. You gather your belongings, slip into your jacket, and put on your backpack or whatever you're carrying with you. As you walk to the exit, you notice through the glass door that it's raining cats and dogs, not literally. Fortunately, you reach for your umbrella that you were smart enough to bring because, well, let's face it, Mama didn't raise no fool. And like others before you, you open your umbrella inside before heading out. And at that moment, you hear a soft, gasp. The librarian noticed you open your umbrella inside, and she tells you, you know, it's bad luck to open your umbrella inside. But why? Well, this superstition dates back to the 18th century, while the modern umbrella was relatively new. Although similar, these early umbrellas were much more difficult to handle than today's models. So the frame repelled on sharp metal spokes and the clumsy spring would open with such force that the chances of losing an eye were more likely than not. It is said that opening an umbrella in a small room could seriously injure an adult or child or easily shatter a fragile object. Even minor accidents could provoke unpleasant wards or minor arguments of strokes of bad luck within family between friends. So it was socially decided that umbrellas should not be open indoors to avoid various negative encounters or bad luck. Now, 
Returning to season one, I mentioned in episode one that I attended Rio Hondo Community College in Whittier, California. I was able to make many amazing friends and many of the thespian culture. Basically, listener, I was a theater nerd. To make a long story short, I was told about a superstition that had been around for a very, very long time. So the story goes, there is a certain Scottish play which is considered to be cursed, and its name should never be spoken, especially within the theater. Now, for the sake of those listening who are in theater, I will not mention the name of the play, but I can tell you that I did put this superstition to test. For those of you listeners who are curious as to which play I refer, Google The Cursed Play or The Scottish Play. You'll find it. In all honesty, I'm fairly certain that there is some truth to this superstition. You should never speak its name aloud. Seriously, don't do it. So the year was 2010. I was in a production called The Diviners. It was the day of our last performance. I was walking in early, talking with some friends about ghost stories I heard uh, that I had heard throughout the school. One story in particular just so happened to be about this cursed play. It was the first time hearing about this. I was told that the name of the play on the day of the performance would invite misfortune to befall the theater, its cast, and or its crew. Well, being the curious little monkey I am, I had to test this to see if it was true. And let's just say I learned for myself firsthand, do not mess with the cursed play. You see, during the production, a fellow actor and I were in the middle of a sit-down scene when the lights just shut off. Like the professional actors we were aspiring to be, we continued the scene until our director came out and stopped everything. And yes, in case you were wondering, we were able to move and finish the production. It was when the lights went out that a part of me started to believe that there might be some truth to this tale. After all, I had repeated the name of the cursed play over 50 times before curtain time. See, I chose to test the limit of a superstition, and in the end, I think I got my answer. Granted, the consequences of speaking the name was tame, and there are many instances throughout its existence and across the world where more devastating happenings occurred. It was after this event that I began to wonder about another superstition of the theater, one that had me baffled for a good amount of time. I had been warned of an action you're not supposed to do while working in a theater, a particular sound, if you will. You see, whistling backstage in a theater is considered to be a jinx or unlucky. You see, stagehands used to whistle at one another to help them know when it was time to lift or lower a backdrop. If you were backstage during a performance and happened to whistle, a stagehand might mistake your whistle for a cue, potentially causing serious injury to the cast or crew unprepared for the impromptu setting change. It's astonishing 
it really is astonishing, listener, the types of things you learn when you're doing a paranormal podcast. In this case, superstitions and common practices surrounding them. There are so many of these cultural and social superstitious exercises around the world, we probably couldn't even find or go through all of them. But they're definitely interesting to think about. Don't you think? And while you're thinking about that, I would like you to indulge me once more, listener, by picturing yourself walking into your favorite Halloween convention, knowing that you are wearing one of many rockin' ghoulish apparel from Halloween Shirt Company. Listener, indulge me by going to their website and checking out HalloweenShirtCompany.com. That's HalloweenShirtCompany.com. And show off one of their most popular items, which is a shirt that says Halloween all year long. Or you can show off any one of their many t-shirt designs. Also, summer is not that far away. And what better way to beat the heat with their Lifeguard Beach logo patch hat. That's right, it's a Lifeguard Beach logo patch hat. From patches to pins to mugs and socks, Halloween Shirt Company has what you're looking for to show off your Halloween style. That's HalloweenShirtCompany.com. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. A big thank you to Halloween Shirt Company for sponsoring this episode. If you like what you heard here, be sure to check out our social media pages where I have been trying to post as much as I possibly can during this crazy time in our lives. And speaking of craziness, I wanted to extend a personal thank you. This thank you is to all who have been working so hard to keep us safe, from doctors to first responders to nurses and Caretakers, thank you for all the hard work you have and are still doing. Also, to the ones who don't get recognized as much, the the behind-the-curtain people, machinists who are making respirators to be delivered to these hospitals in need, thank you for all the hours you are putting in to help bend the curve. And lastly, another big thank you to all podcasters and YouTubers who are still making content. I know it's hard having to stay home when, when you know there is so much to explore and discover. But I'm watching, and I see a, quite a few of you out there who are still going out and making you know, content for, for us. And I got to say, I applaud you. Keep up the good work. As I stated before, if you like what you heard here, check out all of our social media pages. Instagram at VoidPodcast18. Facebook at PodParanormal87, Twitter at NightwingSilver. And I'm G-Man, and I want to thank you for falling with me into the void.